welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery, starring Jerry Springer, along with Gene Galvin and me. I'm Megan Hills. We're recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. My and here he is, ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only Jerry Springer. Thank you, Gene. Thank you. Thank you. That was like awfully nice of you. Yeah. Hey, uh, we're going to have uh, a great musical guest, Tyler Lance Walker Gill, Louisville, Kentucky. Um, that's like classic country, honky tonk inspired. Uh, so we're going to swing back to him in a little bit, stick around for that for sure. We've got a couple of other things we're going to talk about as well. Uh, but I want to start off, Jerry, uh, with, you know, there's so much conversation continuing about what we all think is a shoe soon to drop. We do think that, don't we? With the right. Supreme Court on probably a five to four majority uh, overturning uh, Roe v. Wade, a 50 plus year precedent. And uh, the polls show this is a Supreme Court where if you if you believe in the polls, I actually do. I think they're when done properly, they're scientific, and they show a real drop in support for either and maybe it's both the institution of the Supreme Court or the individual justices or the collective body of justices or the majority. If you want to look at that way, what's your take on all that? Well. Women aren't the only victims of what apparently will be the Supreme Court's reversal of Roe v. Wade. The respect for and credibility of the Supreme Court itself took a blistering hit, a hit which furthers the success of America's right wing in crippling, if not yet dismantling, the treasured institutions of our democracy, the presidency, the Senate, the free press, and now our judicial system. Clearly, the fact that the Supreme Court is highly political and ideologically partisan is hardly news. Perhaps it's not realistic to have ever believed that those who rise to the level of being nominated for a seat on the court have not during their career already developed strong views and opinions on the great legal issues of the day, and surely abortion must be one of them. We see that during their confirmation hearings before the Senate. The nominees inevitably avoid answering questions about their views on abortion, but to suggest that they don't already, already have those views is just plain dishonest, as is the suggestion that they don't have an agenda, when in fact, the last three appointments to the court made by then President Trump, Neil Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh, and Amy Coney Barrett, all came off a list submitted to him by the ultra-conservative Federalist Society. Of course, it's politically partisan. And to be fair, that in itself is not historically unique. But what is unsettling is the intellectual dishonesty used to justify their partisanship. The leaked draft of Justice Alito's opinion, one that would reverse Roe, is a perfect example. Alito argues that that decision back in 1973 is, in his words, hard to defend and egregiously wrong. He states that abortion is never even mentioned in the Constitution, nor is the right to privacy on which, on which Roe was based. Therefore, not having a leg to stand on, it should be reversed. 
That argument is nonsense. Many things aren't mentioned in the Constitution that are, in fact, constitutionally protected. You can't expect that some 235 years ago, the delegates at the convention would be able to list every single issue that might come up in future centuries. Obviously, some rights are implied and have in fact been so recognized in our history. Perhaps no right is more implied and more sacred to our constitution than the actual right to privacy. Our constitution itself would not have been ratified without it. Indeed, the ratification vote, nine of the 13 colonies were needed, was conditioned upon a bill of rights being attached. These rights primarily have to do with protecting the privacy, physical, as well as of one's thoughts, expressions, and beliefs, protecting them against the power of the state. The Bill of Rights protects our speech, our religious beliefs, as well as our personal property and effects from an illegal search and seizure or being taken from us without due process of law. We can't be forced to testify against ourselves. We can't be forced to house government troops. Taking all these guarantees together, how can one argue that individual privacy isn't at least implied? And what is more private to a woman than her own body, her own health, her own intimacy? Now, in spite of all this, Alito still insists that abortion and privacy are not constitutional rights because they're not specifically mentioned in the text. Well, then, that argument was conveniently ignored by him when he and his conservative colleagues decided in Citizens United versus the FEC that a corporation is a person, therefore entitled to free speech, and money is speech so a corporation can donate virtually unlimited funds to political campaigns, read Republican. Do not be surprised if you can't find that anywhere in the Constitution. Of course you can't, it's not there. His tortured reasoning to reach a blatantly partisan result, as absurd as it is, merely spotlights the obvious politicalization of the court. He's perfectly willing to argue rights can be implied when talking about a corporation, but not so in the case of a woman and her privacy when that, as previously stated, is clearly implied and established in the Bill of Rights. Is it any wonder why Americans' respect for the court, particularly as it's now constitution, constituted, is increasingly diminished. This is not the esteemed court of our republic. It's a court of Republicans. Excellent, Jerry. Thanks. Man, well, there's more to, uh, more to talk about relative to all that and more is evolving. I'm going to try to connect some dots here, not specific to abortion, but on the idea that there are forces in America alive on the conservative side that are making some decisions that may be out of whack with the masses. There's one you're referring to there. Uh, and I've talked about this uh, in a past episode, but in an eastern suburb of Cincinnati, there is a school district called the Forest Hill School District. It has two high schools, 
four or five elementary schools. And one of the high schools is a place called Turpin High School. For the last six years, it's had a voluntary participation diversity day program. And what that means is families, parents, if they signed a permission slip for their their son or daughter, could attend that. They could break out of class for the day and inside the school building, uh, there was a set of programs that would expose these kids at a vastly predominantly single race school, Caucasian, to uh, different races, cultures, values, etc. This year, and this is a key uh, point of introduction, in the last November election, and I mentioned this, Jerry, in the last uh, episode, maybe right. two episodes ago, that there's a movement afoot in the Republican Party to use anger points in school board elections to take over school boards. And it's been organized and widespread and to a great degree successful. So in this school district, the Forest Hill School District, a conservative majority got control. A five-member board, four conservatives newly elected, one leftover liberal board member. They changed or dropped diversity day. And we have a parent of uh, several kids who go to that high school, and I like to bring him on. Now, he's uh, our own lifeguard expert, uh, (laughs) and he's part of a program called Ask the Lifeguard. He's a professional lifeguard with a virtually useless medieval literature PhD. Actually, he (laughs) had a whole career teaching English, actually in the same school district. So I want to introduce you to uh, Dr. Greg Schran, uh, who is a parent of a boy and a girl who go to Turpin. Uh, good evening, Greg. How you doing? Hi, Gene. Hi, Jerry. Hey. Hey, and uh, Greg, uh, give us, first of all, if you don't mind, a uh, quick history of Diversity Day. I've already mentioned it was uh, the program had been around for six years up until this school year, and the school board first postponed it. And then a month later or so in another board meeting, they pretty much just killed it. Am I right about that, Phil? That's correct. Uh, As you mentioned, in order to attend this program, the students' parents had to sign a permission slip. Well, the new school board majority said that this permission slip did not adequately reveal the content of the Diversity Day program, and therefore it needed to be postponed until better description of the program could be provided, All right. which the high school did. Okay. They went ahead and they uh, sent out a very complete uh, program list, who the speakers are, the topics to cover, all that sort of thing. Uh, but then the school board uh, postponed it again at such a late date uh, with various excuses like, oh, we should open this up to the whole community, or this needs to be for all the schools, this, that, and the other thing, which they knew couldn't happen in the crunch time of the last few weeks of the school year. 
So they obfuscated their reasoning that they just don't want to have it with all kinds of uh, buzz talk about how good it would be if it was for more people and all that sort of thing. So, uh, and it was to have been on, let's see, tomorrow is May 18th. If my memory is right from following this in the news, uh, Diversity Day before they killed it again, and maybe permanently, was to have been tomorrow. Do I have that right? That's correct. So tomorrow would have been the seventh year in a row for this program. But since the school board axed it, the students themselves have taken upon them, although they are the ones who do the Diversity Day program, even when it was in school. Okay. uh, They took it upon themselves to do something about what the school board did. So you can go on Instagram and look for Turpin High School, Forest Hills School District Diversity Day, and you will see that they have the students themselves have announced that they will be walking out of school tomorrow after the second class period ends, because that's when the original Diversity Day program was going to start. And in addition, in addition to that, after school, they are now having some of the same program and speakers on an adjacent property to the school, uh, just to have it regardless of the school board's dislike for the whole concept. All right, I want to swing back to that in a minute, but before I do, I want to ask, uh, you're wearing a t-shirt now, our audience, this is an audio podcast, so I'm going to read, and I'm looking at you on a Zoom screen, and I'm going to read what the t-shirt says. It says, protect diversity and FHSS, which is Forest Hill School District. Now, I know a little bit about this because I've been reading the media for it and talking to you or close friends and you have filled me in on some of this a the students initiated with the help of an adult because GoFundMe which is a, a an app a website and an app requires somebody over 18 driving the the bus so the students with the help of an adult uh, set up a GoFundMe page. They set as a goal of $5,000. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. They wanted that money to be able to print T-shirts for the students of Turpin High School, and that's X number of kids, seven, 800 kids, whatever it is. And then additionally, the kids in their companion school, uh, Anderson High School, where you taught for many years, and, and for parents who might want to wear them or supporters, et cetera. And to make stickers that the kids in the elementary schools could stick on a shirt or a blouse. And they wanted to have money for that. They actually raised, because I've been following it, they're well over $13,000. So 5,000 was their goal. They're over eight, they're almost tripled the amount of money they raised. And would you agree, Greg, that though that's not a poll and it's not a vote, it's kind of like a vote of how what the mood of the community is in the Forest Hill School District if they pretty quickly within one week have raised triple the amount of money that they were trying to raise. Am I right about that? Yeah, it's very satisfying. Uh, once again, this whole thing is student driven. But of course, like you said, they did need someone over 18 in order to do a GoFundMe. So it's funny, some of the people that are bent out of shape about the CRT boogeyman infiltrating 
Turpin High School. CRT is, to, yeah, is critical, uh, critical, race, critical race, theory. race theory. So they're trying to figure out, they think there's somebody behind this. They can't conceive of the fact that the students themselves have created this reaction. I hear you. So there's only one adult who's out front as a person doing anything. The students don't want help. They don't want uh, adults coming to the walkout. They don't want their parents at the diversity day program. It's yeah. student driven for students by students. That is great. And it is this next generation, which is absolutely some some sense to everything we're doing in this culture yeah. right now. Yeah. yeah. So I'd like to give a shout out to the professor from Mount St. Joseph College who stepped forward to be the GoFundMe sponsor. That would be Wendy Strickler. So uh, in terms of somebody behind the scenes like yeah. George Soros, uh, All right. she's about the only yeah. person you could find. Well, let me ask you something, uh, and Jerry, jump in here. I got. I just have one more question for you. Sure. What is going to happen, if anything? And here you are. You're a parent. You have two kids that go to that school. Did, for example, the school district or the principal of the administration at Turpin High School contact you today with an email or anything, or not, saying, uh, please advise your sons and daughters that if they walk out after second period tomorrow, X will happen, and then fill in the uh, blank, I, suspension yeah, or whatever. That's, that's a timely question. The principal sent out an email to parents today. All right. But he was, uh, as he stated, according to Supreme Court ruling, students' rights do not end at the schoolhouse door. So he pointed that out to parents that they have a right to speak, to demonstrate. He did say uh, that they will be entirely responsible for any work missed. And uh, I don't recall what he said about being excused or not. I do know that some parents are probably gonna call in and excuse their sons or daughters for a certain amount of time tomorrow. But as I explained to my daughter, uh, if the school does or was going to punish them for any way for walking out, yeah. that she should gladly take the punishment because that's called civil disobedience and it's part of the deal. Okay. Yeah, that's a great advice. That That is great. Um, purely as a side note, but it's ironic that today is the 68th anniversary of Brown versus the Board of Education. So 68 years ago today, the Supreme Court said, you can't have separate but equal facilities. The schools have to be integrated. Yeah. That's it. And here, the shame of 68 years later, we're still fighting this battle as if this is, wow, whoever thought of integrating schools it's 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 shameful. And you know what? The kids, they got to stay with this because what the school board doesn't get and they never will. And it'll have to be a new school board at some point is that every time they stand up against this, they have suddenly recruit, uh, recruited thousands of more kids to the cause because this is, you know, if there was a movie about this, it's like all these. I remember going to movies like Billy Jack. No one remembers <laughs> Billy. Yeah. yeah. But you watch the movies and when you leave the theater, you wonder, it's so clear who the good guys are and the bad guys. 
And you wonder, how did anyone ever wind up or support the bad guys? You know, obvious, blatant discrimination. And that's what these school boards, they they know what their role in the movies it's going to be. They're the bad guys. They're because they have no argument on their side. None. There's no rational reason to say we don't want our kids to learn about diversity and how you never judge people based on the color of their skin or whatever. It's just so basic. It's embarrassing that it's even a cause anymore. Yeah. So good for them. Yeah, I agree, Jerry. And, uh, you know, the and I mentioned this on a past podcast uh, because I used to teach uh, uh, teachers who were in a graduate class at, at a graduate school where I was an adjunct professor on school politics. And I would explain to them that if you hadn't considered it, students have a lot of power. And, and I used to call them power spikes. Kids really don't look like they have power. They don't act like it. It's never drawn out of them. They're not taught that they have power. But the fact of the matter is they have power. And we're looking at an organic example of it right here. This, would you agree, Greg, that you can't stop these kids? I mean, I don't know how many will walk out tomorrow. And uh, do you have, Greg, any sense? Do you think it'll be half the student body? Will it be most of the kids, a few of the kids? What, what's your sense of it? I've been trying to get a read on that. My daughter goes to school there, as my son does. Right. But she said she just doesn't really know. Okay. But, but judging by the Instagram and Facebook chatter, uh, it will be a significant number and it will make a statement. And yeah. uh, I'm very proud of it. They, uh, they, the students organized a uh, protest at the last school board meeting. They've organized the walkout. They've organized the program for afterwards. And uh, I think a lot of the kids will go along because it's their principle. The others will go along because their buddies did. But yeah. I think that that's fine. They will learn something. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, you're right. I mean, it's it's a statement that will get made. It'll be a broader statement if, for example, the media comes and I can't predict whether they will or won't. I don't know whether the kids, uh, I'm going to assume that the students have made contact with the TV stations and the major newspaper in the city, a couple of radio stations. I would think the media will take an interest in this. I think that if they won't let them on school property, I, I know that high school, my two kids graduated from there, so I know it well. And I know there are places off school property that you can get good camera shots. And Jerry, you used to be in the news business, TV yeah. news business. Uh, you know, you can be up on the sidewalk, right, Jerry? They can keep you off school property. Off school property, they can. But, you know, in today's world, you know, they can go up to the line. Their cameras yeah. can get. And I can't imagine. Doesn't mean I'm going to be right. I'm just saying I can't imagine that the news stations wouldn't cover this. I mean, if you're they sitting there as an assignment I, editor in the morning. Yeah. And you say, well, yeah. Hell yes, it's a hell yes. Yes, yeah. Hell yeah, we're going there. And they'll get their top reporter to cover it. It's a local story with huge implications. um, And it's right to the question of what's going on in our whole society. Yeah, it's a critical story. 
Yeah, I'd like to I'd like to point out that uh, this same school district uh, for years, we tried to get them to get rid of the other high school's mascot, the Redskins. And uh, one of the gripes of the current school board was that it was changed to a new mascot called the Raptors, which everybody has now adopted as a new Anderson high school mascot. Yep. But I think a lot of these people who voted for these school board, this present school board uh, majority, uh, they wanted to keep Redskins to fight, despite the fact that the school got its Redskins original mascot name in imitation of Miami University Redskins, who long ago got rid of that uh, racist mascot. But it took us quite a while here in this district to make that happen. So that's what we're up against here. Uh, there's kind of a Tea Party core here, and uh, they're they're going for all the uh, all the uh, fear mongering tactics. They're they're gobbling them up. Yeah, it's the greatest hits of conservatism. Hey, one last question, Greg. Uh, the end of second period. You may or may not know this. About what time is that? Is that like ten thirty in the morning? Yeah, or? that'd be uh, around ten ten thirty. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm I'm up. Well, I'm almost up at that time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll I'll tell uh, you, I'm excited for tomorrow. Oh, I, I am too. Eager. I'm glad you shared that. And then tomorrow night, while they're having their diversity day program, there is a school board meeting. Okay. Whoa. And that's a Zoom. <laughs> and that's a streamed so it's meeting. It's a whole big deal. Yep. And I, I think I'll be watching. So let's recap that real fast. So roughly 10-ish. Uh, there will be, we know there are going to be some students walking out. By the way, the printing of the t-shirts, and they have been distributed uh, off school grounds and outside of school to any kids that want to wear them. So I guess tomorrow, Greg, to recap this, uh, some students will wear the t-shirt that you're wearing, pr Protect yeah. Diversity in Forest Hill School District. Some will both wear the shirt and walk out. Uh, some may not do any of those. Uh, but there will be a walkout. We don't know until it happens how long the kids are going to stay out. Where are they going to go? They may just the safest thing to do if I was a kid organizer is to say, look, to protect liability issues, just stay on, uh, stay in the parking lot. Yeah. And we'll have some speeches and uh, sing some songs if we want, you know, however you want to shape this thing. And then when we're done, we'll go back in. So yeah. that's probably the way that's going to play out. Then after yeah. school, there's going to be this uh, diversity day program. And then the whole thing's going to culminate later in the evening with the school board meeting in which you would have to assume, wouldn't you, Greg, that the school board is going to talk about what happened unless they choose strategically not to mention what we'll, we'll see. Yeah, I don't know what their reaction will be. Well, they By can't. The way, I I they do can't know that the students it. have bullhorns for tomorrow. Well, there you go. That's all part <laughs> so of it. So they're that. organized. Every question I ask that I they try to answer. get answers yeah. through the grapevine, they're way ahead of the her curve on prepping. I'm telling you, man, student power. They've got power that they didn't even know about, maybe. And uh, and, and one other thing, I've seen it because I, I worked in uh, high school education my whole life. They're very smart. I don't care how much money they come from. I don't care what race they are, what gender, lifestyle, et cetera. It's never failed from what I've observed. Yeah. Kids are just as smart as adults. They figure out the same stuff. 
And that's why you had better respect them and their political power. Yeah, Yeah, you can you can see and hear some very articulate statements, uh, interviews from the local TV on YouTube, on Instagram, some very, very cogent and uh, articulate writing and on Facebook. So uh, if anybody's interested, they just go to those social sites and they can see what these kids are up to and and how they've taken the bull by the horns and turned things around. And if you want, go to GoFundMe.com and then type into the, you know, you'll, you'll see the little search box put in yeah. Diversity Day. And, um, uh-huh. and there are several that will pop up at the one that says uh, Turpin High School. Click on that. It's over $13,000. And they're still receiving money as far as I know yeah. they were today. And uh, by the way, let, let's close on this. What I understand they're going to do is take that eight to $9,000 overage and the students, once again, on your point, Greg, this is student driven, they are going to decide what to do with that money. And it could be to uh, dedicate it. <laughs> this would be, I love, I love throwing out ideas if they want to listen to them. Good, good for me. Take that money and donate it to school board opponents the next time there's an election and throw those bums out. I mean, that's real political organization. But they could give it to all kinds of causes. Jerry, what closing thoughts do you have about this whole thing? Well, it's it's national. And and that's the truth. Right here in Sarasota, which is now now my home, uh, there is a school board election. There's a big fight. Because uh, this is Florida, you know yep. what's being taught in our schools: critical race theory. Uh, they're scared of that, you know. Even though it's not being taught in schools, but uh, don't say all, gay. all of that. That's the hot issue. Yeah. And a, a month ago, Mickey and I went to a rally because there had been an incident about uh, people defacing the property of an African-American family living in one of the neighborhoods. Okay. And so the whole community got together on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, it was totally ecumenical churches, temples, everybody got together and it was united against hate against what this, these two young ladies came up to me and I was holding a united against hate, um, uh, card yep. and uh they said oh you're spring blah 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 and then they said can we have a picture so you know I thought sure you know I stood there holding my sign a week later I get a letter from someone and what they did is they photoshopped these two young ladies are running for school board from the right wing and they support all these right wing. We can't teach our kids any of that. They photoshopped another sign which oh, says no. vote for these two candidates. No and way. You actually see, because the guy who sent me the email sent me both pictures. The picture that it really was me holding United Against Hate and the one they put on their literature where they photoshopped their sign over mine the exact same picture where I'm endorsing them. So that's what's going, the fighting and the dirtiness. No, whoa, 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 whoa. No, don't walk away from that. What did you do about that? I gave a significant contribution to both of their opponents. 
Really? It's what I did. I really did. And well, then you I, guys, Jerry, can't you stop them also, also stop them from ever, you, you could sue them for that. Well, I'm, one, I'm not sure about that. First of all, I don't want to give them more publicity. Right. Uh, you know, sometimes uh, yeah. it's better to let it go. So they had their one shot with it, you know. Uh, secondly, the uh, I'm a public person. Yeah. If you look at what's on social media, mm-hmm. what people put out there, you know, everything is photoshopped and straight lies. And, you know, yeah. what, what's going to happen? What I'm, you know, they're not yeah. going to jail. We could report it, Jerry. You what? We couldn't report their Facebook, Instagram pages as false. And, and Instagram or Facebook could take those pictures down. Oh, I will send you. Uh, yeah, I will send you a copy of uh, of their picture and of that, what they sent out. It, that's where you've seen it is on their uh, social media. The fellow presence. who sent it to me, who's a known person in Sarasota, and yep. he had just seen one of my articles um, in the newspaper, so okay. he knew. He says, Jerry, this is not what you're talking yeah, about. And I called him right back and said, you're absolutely right. And then he said he found the original picture of me holding my sign, United Against Tate. And if you look at their Photoshop, I'm holding it, but I have no fingers. Yeah, <laughs> because they super, you. you know, it's like yeah. I've just got stubs holding the. Cheap Photoshop, yeah. Holding this, uh, yeah. All right, well, send us that. And yeah, I will. We can, I will. We yeah, can, you guys know how to do that. I, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I don't think they should. Uh, I mean, I didn't think anybody does Facebook, so I didn't know. Uh, <laughs> oh, All right, send it along. We'll take care of it. Okay, thank you very much, Dr. Greg yes. Tran, and uh, we'll be in touch. And, and I will, for our listeners, in a couple of weeks from now, report back on how this all played out because we've talked about it a couple of times tonight, much more in depth. I've, we, Jerry and I feel it deserved it. And so we'll uh, let you know how it played out. Thanks, Greg. Hey, uh, all right, we'll talk to you later. Let's uh, switch over to and let me introduce, say hello to Tyler Lance Walker Gill. How you doing, Tyler? I'm good. How are you doing? Doing great. So let me tell our audience a little bit about you and ask you to fill in a lot more. But uh, you are a musician living in Louisville, Kentucky and grew up in that vicinity. And uh, you are a singer songwriter and you do kind of classic country music. And uh, tell us a little bit about your musical background and fill in a little bit for us. Well, uh, yeah, like you said, I, I grew up in this region just a little south. Uh, if you're anyone from Louisville, uh, will know I'm from like Bullock County, okay. which is the neighboring county in the south. And, uh, you know, when I was a kid, my mom was a country singer, mostly just around the house yeah. by that time. But she, she was a country <laughs> singer great. back in back in her day. Uh, singing in bars and whatnot. And really? uh, when I was pretty young, my aunt ran a uh, country music jamboree wow. in Mount Washington, which is in Bullitt County. And okay. uh, so I just grew up around, you know, classic country music from like the 50s, 60s, 70s. Oh man, that's where I am. I love that. Yeah. Really, that's my favorite music. It's 
Yeah, me me too. Uh, but when I was when I was younger, I was I hated it because it was like my mom's music and yeah, yeah. all that stuff. And then uh, you know, I learned how to play guitar when I was pretty young and stuck with it. And when I finally started writing songs that I was happy enough, like, okay, this is this is pretty good. They were just yeah. coming out country songs because that was what was you yeah. know influenced in my brain, yeah. I think, from my whole life. So nice. Yeah. And um you you have a song for us tonight. Uh Tell us, and it's called So-Called Christian Politicians. So do I get some sarcasm or irony out of that title? Tell us a little bit about that song, and we're going to listen to it. Yeah, it's a, so I wrote that song. At the time, I didn't really have a band uh, yet. I didn't have a band, but I I had been writing some, some songs for a while, and uh, there were some people in town who... Um, wanted to put together a compilation of local musicians that kind of as a, uh, can I, I can curse on here, right? A little bit. Yeah. Okay. I do it occasionally. Wait, let me cover my ears. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't want to offend uh, Jerry. Uh, no, that we, you guys probably remember Matt Bevan, the governor of Kentucky. Oh sure. yeah. Sure. Um, Why did he curse a lot? Well, they were, they were putting together kind of a fuck you compilation. Yeah. Uh, yeah for Matt Bevan uh, and it was called, we have a Bevan problem. So I was just thinking about like, what if I could come up with something for that? And I wrote that song and just recorded it at home on the microphone. I'm talking to you guys on and uh, super and uh, push that out there. And then later what we're going to listen to is, you know, a studio recording that I, I did for uh, the album that i put that song on but cool. it was it was in response to a, a Kentucky governor that I personally had problems with and a lot of musicians wanted to get together and you know beat him Great. stick it to him and, he and lost, now he's gone yeah and he's Matt out. Brashear, uh Governor Brashear is the governor and very popular governor by the way and a Democrat governor in Kentucky uh and Polling indicates he's he might be hard to beat in the next election. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, here uh, we go. This it. is uh, this is Tyler Lance Walker Gill singing so-called Christian politicians. It's time we talked I want to talk about your followers Who never really learned to walk the walk Lord, please bless us people in Kentucky You know that we mean well These so-called Christian politicians Are gonna drag us all to hell well, Hey, I know it's been a minute Since I picked up that old Bible myself But the way these 
right, Tyler, that was a good one. We appreciate it. Uh, I want to ask you something. Where else can people hear your music? Um, I'm on all the streaming things on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, et cetera. Anywhere okay. you get music. And are you uh, post-COVID uh, hoping we're coming out of, I don't know, these variants keep popping up that things uh, have gotten, you know, largely back to normal. <clears throat> are you out performing again live? Yeah, we're getting back at it some. Um, this week, I'm doing a show in Indianapolis Thursday and then one here at home in Louisville on Friday and then Chicago Saturday. So we're, okay, we're trying yeah, to put together yeah. some small runs like that again. Okay. And, and do you perform under uh, your name? Yeah. Uh, which, which one of your names? I mean, you know, it, if just each name was a fan, you'd have a, you could start a club. Yeah, I, I think it, it looks kind of like a, a law office, like <laughs> yeah. Walker and Gill. Yeah, <laughs> there you uh, go. <laughs> yeah, I just, I use the full name. I have a band and I call the band The Wolfman because I have okay. a song called Wolfman and we All just right. tie that in. But uh, Okay, that's uh, Tyler Lance Walker Gill. Uh, watch for his music and uh, we're going to see if he'll come back on again and I'll have that conversation with him. And now taking us out, on Down by the Riverside is our own Jerry Springer singing with Tyler Childers. See y'all next week. Gonna lay down my heavy load Down by the riverside Down by the riverside I'm gonna lay down my heavy load Down by the riverside I'm gonna study war no more I ain't 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 gonna study